Chapter Six of Her Dark Inheritance by E. Burke Collins. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Her Oath. In a spacious chamber of a great gloomy mansion, an old man sat alone, his gray head bowed upon his trembling hands, which rested upon a cane. A few blocks away the hum and traffic of the Crescent City filled the air, but here all was still and quiet. An uptown mansion, embowered in huge live oaks, a shady, silent place, the sight of which made one feel gloomy, and caused a slight chill to pass involuntarily over the frame. The great house looked like an enchanted palace, with old Bernard Dane, the presiding genii, all alone and lonely like the last leaf upon the tree. The moments came and went, and still he sat there silent and alone. Once in a while a few muttered words would pass his grim lips, and the wrinkled hands upon the cane head would clench each other savagely. At last he lifted his head, and turning slowly in his armchair, pressed the electric button in the wall at his side. A moment later an obsequious servant entered, a black servitor in the Dane family for years. "'Any news, Simmons?' asked Bernard Dane eagerly. The man shook his head. "'No, sir, nothing. Nothing tall, sir, not yet. We only got the telegram from Marser Ken saying that he done arrive safe. That's all, sir. Can I do anything for you, Master Bernard?' "'No, no, nothing. Of course not. I want nothing in the wide world but to see that boy back again with his errand done as I directed him. It was a wise thought of mine, a wise thought to send him. Ha, ha, throw two young fools together under the circumstances, and they'll fall in love with each other as sure as they live. Love. Bah! If I had my way, that word would be stricken from the lexicon. It is the cause of all the trouble, all the sin, all the sorrow in the world. Confound it, Simmons, are you there yet? Do I employ you to stand listening to me in this way? Do I? Answer me, sir. No, sir, no, sir. In course not, stammered Simmons in confusion. I beg pardon, sir, but you see, Master Bernard, I, I thought, thought, never think, Simmons. Don't let me ever hear again that you indulge in the pernicious habit of thinking. Great heaven! What would I not give to drown thought, to bury it out of sight, deep, deep, so deep that nothing on earth would ever have the power to resurrect it? Thought! Memory! Bah! A regular old man of the sea, like that story of Anstey's, the fallen idol. Deuced clever fellow is Anstey. Some artist fellow owned the idol, and he could not get rid of the thing, no matter what he did. He hid it, gave it away, lost it, drowned it, buried it, left no stone unturned to be rid of its cursed presence. It was ruining his life and making him contemplate suicide. But all his efforts were in vain. Even theosophy itself was of no avail. And to my way of thinking, theosophy can do much. And so the poor fellow was cursed by the presence of this idol, a black, evil shadow upon his life. 
until a bolt of thunder and a flash of lightning shivered the thing to fragments direct interposition of providence ah yes to be sure simmons flashing about swiftly as his eyes fell upon the unfortunate darkey what on earth are you doing here didn't i tell you to go no sir i never heard you sir then hear me now go and the heavy cane came down upon the floor with emphasis outside a night of storm and tempest the roar of the wind the beating rain or roar of the elements which after all is no more fierce and bitter than that which often rages within a human breast the wind shrieked shrilly down the chimney the trees swayed in the blast and tapped upon the crystal window-panes with bare ghostly fingers old bernard dane drew a little nearer the fire and wrapped his silken dressing-gown about his gaunt frame what o'clock is it he demanded as simmons was about to withdraw just nine sir the church clock just struck huh very well do go no stop was that not the gate bell can it be kin at last wish to mercy it may be go and see who has come simmons and make haste the negro obeyed in silence and the door closed behind him bernard dane's head drooped once more upon his clasped hands and save for his slow labored breathing there was no sound to break the dreary silence of the room the moments came and went until five twice five three times five were ticked away then the chamber door opened noiselessly so noiselessly that bernard dane did not hear it and a slight black-robed figure stole softly into the room and stood beside the hearth a forlorn little figure in an old-fashioned dingy black gown with a dowdyish hat pushed back from the pale little face with its tired drooping mouth and great glorious dark eyes full of a weary light i am beatrix dane said a soft voice timidly the old man lifted his head and his eyes fell upon the face before him a strange change passed over his stern features a look of slow horror froze his face down like an icy mask he arose to his feet tall gaunt grim but in the presence of this slip of a girl he was trembling as though he was afraid powers above he panted brokenly when did you arrive where is is surely you did not travel all this distance alone his voice trembling with an inflection of surprise which was almost terror yes sir i came alone there was no help for it oh mr dane i have such dreadful news to tell you papa is dead he died of a heart disease while he was reading your last letters to him papa the scornful intonation in bernard dane's voice was a revelation papa indeed ha ha you have no father no i do not mean that you are not legitimate but it is worse than that you upon whom the curse of god has fallen can have no claim of near kinship with any one it would be a fine thing to be the father of a creature like like girl do you know that you are accursed that you have a destiny to fulfil 
the very thought of which makes my heart stand still with horror you have a dark inheritance in store and may heaven give you strength to bear your burden for vain is the help of men no i am not insane there is no insanity in the dane family i am not idiotic i am as sane and sound as you are and more than you will be when you learn the truth concerning yourself don't shrink away and cower out of sight like that be a woman do you know what this means it means to bear the burden of another's sin to carry its consequences about in your heart your tender guiltless woman's heart until your life is darkened and ruined for ever it means to suffer in secret and silence and to lie down and die sooner than see the one punished for whom you suffer this is to be a woman there i have no more to say to-night no wait a moment before you go to your own room which i have had prepared for you come here and let me look at you yes to be sure you are fair i thought that you would be you are beautiful indeed oh heavens what a fate what a fate for one so young and fair now beatrix dane answer me have you come here prepared to render strict obedience to my wishes you do not know what right i have to direct you ah so i thought well you may call me uncle uncle bernard the first relative you have ever known hm well pray heaven it may be the last now listen while i tell you why i have sent for you at this late day she came a little nearer and lifted her piteous pleading eyes to his stern face uncle uncle bernard she faltered timidly please don't speak such wild harsh words to me to-night let me hear you say something kind remember i have no one in the wide world but you i promise to be good and obedient i promise to obey you like a slave to do anything you say no one has ever loved me won't you try to love me a little only a little i promise to do whatever you may wish me to do you promise his wrinkled face lighted up with a swift gleam of triumph swear to do as i wish he panted desperately i demand that you do so swear to obey me implicitly beatrix dane the beautiful eyes drooped for an instant surely he would exact no promise of her beyond her power to fulfil could a man an old man be so hard upon a poor weak timid creature utterly defenceless like herself for she had yet to learn poor ignorant child that with some men might makes right i swear it uncle bernard she said slowly now kiss me and say that you will love me a little and she ventured to lay one small hand timidly upon his arm with a hoarse inarticulate cry he struck the little hand aside and started to his feet don't touch me he panted wildly don't dare to touch me kiss you i would sooner cut my own throat get away away out of my sight do you hear no wait until i have told you what i wish you to do 
and remember beatrix dane you have sworn to obey me i have sent for you for a particular object for that object i have had you reared and educated the time has come to carry out my plan it is this i have sent for you beatrix dane to marry the man whom i have chosen for you the son of my adoption you must become his wife at the time i have appointed or you will wish that you had never been born end of chapter six